0: here at DCC. And as I mentioned, it's a great month to be engaging with us as we head into Easter season. And, and this month we've been talking about um, why we've been called to be a church here in this city and who, who Christ has called us to be and why we love this city the way that we do and kind of the DNA of who we are and why we begin eight years ago. Um, If you'd like to know more about who we are and our story, I encourage you to join me for the welcome gathering after our service today. If you've not been part of that, it's a great place to begin with us and to hear more about our story and our vision and all those things. And so we'll be meeting uh, right after we're done. You can find me or Sylvia um, and then we'll be meeting upstairs in the the ballet studios just for a little bit after the service. It's a great place for you to begin with us. And so this month we've talked about really three three big things and as we go into April, I want to finish this together today. We've talked about how everything for us starts with Christ. And, and God sent Jesus to us and for a reason. There is a reason why we celebrate the cross, His death on the cross. There's a reason why we celebrate His resurrection. Because everything for us begins with His resurrection. It proves that He's the Son of God. It shows us that God exists and that He loves us. And we hope, and I say this a lot, that this is a safe place for you to come and ask your questions of God and seek these things out. And so um, you're invited into a journey to, to find that out. If you are someone who is skeptical or, or, or doesn't really believe that, we believe that. And there's a reason he had to die, that we are broken. We are separated from God, that we walked away from him. And to walk away from God, our creator is to walk away from love and life because he is those things. That's where we get them from. And so any kind of experience or desire for you to, 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 to find love in this world comes back to him. And that's a fascinating thing to research. And so everything for us starts with Christ. He has the words of eternal life. And he is the best source for how we live, yes. And a lot of people want to pursue Christ and think of him in that way, that he's just there to help us live well. And that's true. But it's way more than that. He is who we live for. He is our identity. And we believe that he is is what brings us true satisfaction. We find our ultimate fulfillment in him. And maybe you're here today because you've been trying different things and you, don't, you do feel empty. You don't feel those connections. And, and I want you to, to encourage you to pursue that and to find Him. And make no mistake, Jesus calls us to believe in Him. And our journey with Christ, when we become Christ followers, starts with believing in him, and then we begin by obeying. That's why we take the steps of baptism. The baptism is something he's asked us to do, and it's our first step of obedience as we trust him. And it's a picture of what he's done for us, his death in the grave, and we, our, our sins are died with him, and we were raised, washed clean and new because of what he has done. And it frees us up from the burden of sin because we couldn't keep the rules, only he could. And he knew that, and he came to take the punishment that we deserved. And so everything for us starts with Christ. And we believe that there's no one else, nothing else or no one else that can bring us true satisfaction than him. And then I begin to talk about God's love for the cities. And God is kind of always in this pursuit of those who would say they are religious or, or, or follow him and those who are far from God, and his heart is pursuing both. And we looked at the story of Jonah. If you are with us a couple of weeks ago, it's on our podcast. If you're going to go back and listen to that, but it's on our website. But we, we talk about the story of Jonah. be like, well, that's an interesting story to pursue. It's a fascinating story because it shows God's love for a huge city. And he called, he called Jonah, who was a religious guy and believed in him, to go and, and to tell this city Repent that they were doing incredible evil. And God was like, this is awful. This needs to be confronted. This is going to lead to your death. But Jonah didn't want to because he hated them. He hated them. He's like, they're terrible people. They're awful. And he could possibly have been a little racist, but I think it's really just a prideful religious heart. And it's a fascinating story because God was pursuing Jonah's heart, who was far from him, and needed to be corrected, and he was showing a love and a pursuit of a city. And so we see, and Jonah didn't want to do it because he knew that God, and he said his words were is a, "Is a merciful, loving, patient, compassionate God. And so we're pretty sure that Jonah wrote the story, and Jonah's exposing his terrible heart to everyone. And it shows that God is pursuing us, and, and what God is showing us is that To be a follower of him is to love those who are far from God and to engage them and to pursue it. And it shows us that God loves the city. God specifically said in the story that there's there's a tremendous amount of people there. And God loves the city. He's called us to it. And then last week we we looked at Luke 15, like a central passage for us here as a church family, where Jesus was confronted with, once again, people like Jonah, religious Pharisees who were who were, you know, kind of lording their status over everybody else. And, and they were complaining because Jesus was hanging out with, what, you know, they, they said sinners, people far from God. He's like, how could you do that? How could you eat and drink with them? And Jesus was like, well, let me tell you a story. and Let me show you the heart of God. And he actually tells three stories in a row of a lost sheep, 100 sheep. One goes away. He says the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the lost sheep. And he finds it, puts it on his shoulders, and they, throw up and they, they celebrate. And he, they call everyone to celebrate that they found this lost sheep. And he says the same over a lost coin. A woman loses a coin. who is was worth a year's wages. He's just like, she turns her house upside down day and night until she finds it. And then she does. She celebrates with her neighbors. And he's like... He's like, I tell you the truth, there's no greater celebration in heaven than when, when one person, one sinner, finds their way back to God. They throw a party every time. And then he tells a story of the two sons. One is kind of a Jonah, big brother type, who he's the elder brother, and he's just dutiful to the father and, and serving him. And, and then there's the younger son who, who like destroyed the family, ran away, and, and, and took a third of their wealth and blew it. And he comes back to the father. And while the religious people have been really excited to see him punished, the father, instead, in this place of condemnation, the son comes back. He welcomes them. He forgives them. He forgives them and puts them back into the family. And the older son is indignant. It's like, how could you do that? And God is showing us this love. He's saying, if you are a follower of God, my heart is always and continually about those who are far from him. And Luke 15 is like a mission statement for us as a a church here in this city. To be a Christ follower is not to be about yourself, but it's about to be about this mission of helping people find their way back to God and to love them. And we hope this is a place for you, no matter who you are, to come and ask your questions of. God. It's important to begin to seek him. And there's joy in this. John 4.34 says this. This is Jesus's words. And he was talking about what brings us life. And he was in this conversation about a living water and living bread. And they were all confused because they're just so literal in the world that he engaged in. He and it's like, it's like, where's this bread that never ends in this water? It's like, we want it. And so then Jesus says this. He goes, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and finishing his work. He says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. I love this next phrase. He says, What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. I don't know if you have a job where you, where you love the process. And then you get to the end and you almost almost like, are some of you like that? Like you just, when you really get into that deep work, you just love that process. Like what joy awaits the planter and engaging and there's a joy for, you. he knows what's going to come. If you've ever been into gardening and you see the whole process, it's, it's fun. We've, we've done that with our kids, and they get so excited to learn and see things grow. It's, it's amazing. He's like, what joy awaits well, both the planter and the harvester. You get to pull it out and see the, the, wor- the fruit. And he says, and it's true. Jesus continues. He says, and it's true. And he, and he draws the correlation. He says, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. We live in a city where, has, that many, most people are far from God. Or been, you know, we, one of our hopes here when we started DCC was to, to begin to love people in a way that they begin to think about Jesus differently, think differently about who He is, and I believe we've begun to see that happen. And, and we hope to love people well. And Jesus' words are, 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 are challenging. It's not easy to follow him, absolutely. But we can love others well, and we want to do that. And God has called us into an, like, to be a Christ follower in this city. And If you've moved here and you, and you love Jesus and you're following him, like, to be a Christ follower is, is to be sent by God. You sit in an amazing, huge field. unlike few other places in our country. And Jesus is saying, what joy awaits us if we engage in this story. And last week I was sharing stories about those who've been impacted by simple service and who've come and found God and, and needed that place. And, and, and there's been so many stories that have come before us. And we engage here, uh, and we're, now that it's spring, we can begin to do this again in what we call simple service, where we Go to the past stations and we hand out free, really fun free snacks and an invite card to our church family. And we do this because we're a community that's disconnected. And you may move here, you know, straight from college or Rutgers or somewhere nearby where you've got this community and connection. But just give yourself time and you'll eventually lose that connection. And we don't know people. And there's a story, we will, we, we've seen it over and over again, that when we engage in simple service, people come and they find community. And some of you are here today because that happened. And we get to experience this. If we go to the field, we will see where God has been working. And there's no greater joy than that. It's, it's incredible and for you to experience God's story in your own life and to be part of someone else's story so simple service is we show up at a pass station for an hour and we hand out. We have a group that's going tomorrow night. And we hand it out. And a lot of people reject it, right? You know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't even see people at first. But the more we do it, the more we build trust because we're from the neighborhood. We live here and we love you. And people get excited when they see us. They're like, oh, there's chocolate. But yeah, we give out good chocolate. And then, like, granola bars. So and, and I explained the why and our goal my goal leading up to Easter is that we impact we have 5000 people take an invite. And our goal for the year is 30,000 engagements in simple service in other ways we love the city. You can sign up for simple service on our website under community. And some of you is like that sounds like the scariest thing I'd ever do but some of you love engaging with others and God has gifted you in this way. Why is this so important? Because this is what God, what Christ has shown us is his heart. And there is a a joy that awaits us in engaging and loving the city. And and whether they believe in God or not, not, we want to love them. It is God's job to plant and for us just to be obedient and faithful. And what joy awaits us. He plants, we harvest. We are faithful for the joy for the greatest purpose that we could ever experience. We get to live that out in, your, in this city. And when you do this, why you're here Greek brings great meaning. And whether you're here for a year or, or 10 years, you can join in and engage and God will use you. And it's great. We get to be part of this. Your job suddenly takes on a whole different meaning. If, if you struggle in your job and like suddenly it's, it takes a purpose because it puts you here in the city. It helps you live out this purpose. God has put you here for people, for a reason, and you will be, find that you, He has gifted you in engaging in different ways. And why you s- live in this city suddenly can change. Many people have found when they begin to take steps to engage, they stop going from city to city and they sign a second lease and they begin to engage in love. Why you live in your neighborhood begins to change. Why you make the money you do, all these different things allows us to love this city well. One example of just these these impacts that you never would think about, there's a family in our city this last week that um, a family with i The number of kids keeps growing. I think they have seven kids. At first, we thought it was five they have, and then they, they lost their home in a fire on the west side of our city this last week and because we 've been engaging and loving this city my, I've, my wife and I 've been here for fifteen years now uh, we 've developed relationships in our church some of you have heard about this this week, and you have given financially. GoFundMe was set up and and we know realtors and realtors are stepping in and people even outside of our church have been engaging this family and helping them find a way. And it's a way for them to be loved in a way that they never thought they could. And so a realtors helping them find a place. And people have been raising money to help them give first and last month deposits and all these different things. And we need a church here to be ready to step in and love. And this is happening through other churches in this city as well. Many of you are here because you see and resonate with this story. And you are here, and you have your reasons of why you are here. We all do. And I just want you to tap into that desire that's inside of you. There is a desire in you to find God and to pursue Him and to experience Him and to find this meaning and connection and all these different things and you also have a personal need and needs that you want and long to see met. And you are coming to God with this. And that is okay. All of us start with a journey. Our, all of our journeys with God usually come with, God, I need this. And if you look at the story, if you look at any of the Gospels, you see that his followers came with their agenda first. And that's Okay. That is where he wants to meet us. And what we find is he has been seeking you, and maybe he's put a desire in you. And you responded to him, and you didn't even know that. There is a church here in this city that you long for it to be. And you may be attending here, and you long for this church to be a certain thing. And you wonder why it's not this specific way. Everybody comes with an agenda. I have dreams for this church. But it's not just a a bad, negative side, pessimistic agenda type of perspective. It it, it can be absolutely okay. Some of you, it's already you've decided you're going to try somewhere else. That's cool. Go for it. (laughs) We all come with our own agenda. But there's a desire in you to see something. Maybe it's meeting others who are single, who are young, Perhaps someone to date or meet. Or maybe you want to be around other families, those with kids, or there's a parental engagement that you need to understand and to grow in community. You need a community to gather around. Maybe you long to see a better pastor on Sundays, a better speaker, (laughs) a huge, like a lot of a band, a lot of musicians. Like you have a desire to see something. Maybe there's something in you that you, a question that you long to see answered, a burden, a hurt. All of us are here, and we need Christ. I want to share with you a secret all of that will not happen because of me. It won't happen because of me. I'm learning this. When I first began the church, you know, uh, when we started, I thought I had to do everything and be everything and I tried. Uh, we were started out of a church in Hoboken and and I come from being on staff with several people and they had all these needs and I came in and I was the only only person on staff and I I tried to do all of that and I, I, I was pretty strong and very driven. My kids were really young then, like, I don't know, like, Two, three, and four years old, and like, I, 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 it took me, I had about a year of trying to do that, and now I crashed. I can't, I can't. Because we're a church family, we're a gathering, and God has gifted you to engage in this city, to be part of this harvest. And that is our model, that my, my role is to lead you and to equip you for acts of service. We believe every member is a, is a 10 in some area. You're gifted in some way, and you may be like, I don't know what that is, and that's great. But you begin to engage, and God will use that community to help you see that and bring that out. And there's a joy. There's a joy in that. I want to read these words from Christ, and this is a fascinating passage found in Matthew Matthew 16, and, 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 and this is where Jesus predicts the church. But the word used for church is way different than we thought. It actually means a gathering. And it was several hundred years ago, it was wrongly translated to mean a building. And that's not what the word means at all, at all. And so that's where our word church came from. And when Jesus used the word church here and, and subsequent later, it meant a gathering, a people, a family. And so it says here, it says, says, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. And they would have seen a statue of of Caesar, and he asked his disciples, he says, you know, this whole city is dedicated to that. He says, who do you say, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And so he was engaged in this conversation because they're like, they thought Caesar was a god, the whole region, right? They're like, Caesar is a god. And all these. so he's like, well, who do they say I am? He referred to himself as the Son of Man, Jesus did. He says, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And that's who Jesus was. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, and you did not learn this from any other, any other human being. And then he engages in this sentence, which is a fascinating sentence that's been talked about. This came up in a conversation I had this week. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And this is the funniest thing, because there's this upside-down engagement that Jesus was always doing, because Peter was anything but a rock. And I love, Jesus was always speaking to us, and this is what he's doing here. Like, he changed Peter's name from Simon to Peter. He was always casting vision on who they were going to be. He talked about who they would be, not who they were now. And it's such a picture of who we are in Christ that we are the righteousness of God. And we like to say, well, I am a broken, and I am this, and I am not good at this, and I am all these different things, I'm stupid, or I can't believe I did that. And God's like, no, 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 you are the righteousness of God. And he would say these things that were completely opposite. It would be like, you are a rock. And if you know Peter, and if you've read the story, he was the ready, fire, aim person. He just was blurting things out and doing things haphazardly and stumbling over stuff and, and like in, a, in a very clumsy way. That was Peter. And for him to call on the rock is just kind of funny, honestly. I have a good friend who's a pastor who's just like this. He loves to just, he says that out loud the first thing in his heart, and, it, and it, he used to live in the city and lead a church in Manhattan, and he's somewhere else now, and every once in a while he shows up, and we went out to dinner recently, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm always ready for him to be like, guess what, I'm doing this, and he just shows up this whole thing, and, the, and there's no plan, he's like, but I'm starting this organization, I'm like, all right, I'm like, it's great, and, and, and there's a need for that, but he reminds me of Peter a lot, and he, and he's learned he actually says that, he goes, I am that, he says it. He says, I'm ready, fire, aim. He just finally embraced it. (laughs) And so there's an irony here. He's like, "You're, you're the rock. And then he says this phrase that's been very confusing. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that word means my gathering. I will build a gathering of people, is what Jesus really actually said. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And this is one of the reasons why we, we, we believe in Jesus. He shows us that the church is going to begin, this gathering of people is going to begin, and nothing can conquer it. And they tried. Rome tried. Unbelievable persecution for hundreds of years. Who, people, the letters that were written, they, they guarded them with their lives. Fathers, wives, children lost their lives in protecting these documents. And the church grew exponentially no matter what they tried to do. And eventually, the Roman emperor himself became a Christ follower. And it's still true today. And this phrase, "the upon this rock, is he building the church on Peter? Well, that's the whole beautiful thing of this is that When Jesus rose from the grave, he gave us the temple, went from being a temple to the temple being in us, that God lives in us, his Holy Spirit, he gives his Holy Spirit in us to live. And the temple is not a building anymore, it's it's his people. And that's what he was declaring to Peter, that it's through you, my plan is through his people to build his church. And Jesus says, I will build my gathering of people. So Jesus is the rock, yes. But Peter is also a rock, and so are you and I. And God is building his church out of us, and that's what we see in the early church. We are a family. We are a body of Christ called to gather in unity. You, in that sense, that's what it means to be called. You have been called and sent I'm called as a pastor, a shepherd of this flock, and we have another analogy as we have the good shepherd. Jesus says, well, I'm the good shepherd, and I've called you to do the same. My role is to equip you for works of service. Listen to this. this is Ephesians 4, Paul is instructing this early church and this church in Ephesus that believed in Christ. This is just This is not very long after Jesus' resurrection. This this church grew up in the Greco-Roman first century world. And he's writing to them. He says this. He says, So Christ himself gave, and he talks about five different things, giftings, apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Christ himself gave this. He is equipping his church. To equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ, that family, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There is great purpose. We step out and love others and engage in this harvest. It it brings us together. It builds us up in unity. We have to work hard to be unified together, and that's not easy. And we're an incredibly diverse church, and socioeconomically, and we're from all over the world, and it's beautiful. There's very few places like this where we see such unity together in one mind and one purpose. But we we work towards that. We equip you for this. But you have been gifted in these ways, and I can't do all five of those things. Trust me, I've tried. I'm imperfect, (laughs) I'm weak, I'm broken, I'm sinful, I have a sinful nature just like you, and I need Christ, and I need you. We need each other. You have been gifted. There have been so many that have gone before us. Our first worship leader, her name was Michelle, and she served faithfully for three years. There was, we had a leader in our first impressions team named Julie and I remember Julie was nine months pregnant, the first impressions leader, setting up and tearing down. I kept telling her, you should probably stop. She's like, nope. And like she just loved it. And she engaged and she loved and Abby was an apprentice with her and Abby came in to us, one of the shyest people I've ever known and she found Christ, was baptized and I guess we saw her life change like a light went off in her and she led our First Impressions team. This is years and years ago. This man named Jeremy came in and had been on this journey towards God and asking questions of him and he found faith and was baptized. Last week I shared uh, the story of Braz. Their lives were changed and experiencing Christ in a new way. They have freedom to engage God and there's many of you have been part of, part of his life and engaging and there's been so many leaders that have gone on before us. There's Allie and Sean who just moved to L.A. last year. And, you know, Sylvia's up here leading with us, her and her husband Jason. And I'm sorry to point you guys out, but they've been faithfully serving for years and engaging with us. And, and, and it's just hundreds of people laid a foundation. And this story continues. And we get to be part of this. Jesus sent us out. In The very end of Matthew, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he recorded these words. Because Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the very age. And so they had seen him resurrected, his death resurrected. He's like, I have authority on heaven and on earth. And they're like, yes. And like, And and so with all that authority, what does he do? He sends you and I out. He says, go and make disciples. This is why in, in three months, we're doing Go Jersey City. We do it every year. The second week of June, June 10th It's going to be the best Saturdays of the year. And we go. We call it Go Jersey City because he sent us out to love the city. And we join with our neighbors and do serve projects, and then we throw a party. Mark, save the date, June 10th. You don't want to miss Go Jersey City. I know you're planning your vacations now. And and he's called us to this. We're doing an inaugural Easter egg hunt in two Saturdays on April 8th, the the, the Saturday before Easter. We're announcing that today. Some things have fallen into place for us, and we're planning to do it here. And more info is coming about that from 1 to 3 p.m. Egg hunt in this theater for children 9 and under. And we just want to create an event that's fun, that loves this neighborhood. And we want to begin to do that as a church family. And two Sundays, we're going to do two services, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. And we want to encourage you to come and be part, of our, those of you who are part of our church family right now, to come and be part of the 9.30 a.m. service to make room for our community. We want to do simple service to invite those to become people more willing to attend and engage and cross the line of actually walking through a church door on Easter than any other Sunday. And we want to, we want to take barriers away and maybe... Have them think differently about what his church family can look like. This is our desire because we believe God is weaving a story right now in this city. And we can be part of that. This Saturday is a phenomenal opportunity to go and love the organization New City Kids. It's one organization we love to support in this city. They're a phenomenal after-school program that's changing the lives of of not only students, but generations of families. they been doing it for 25 years. They're doing a concert that the kids write and produce themselves. Saturday, we're going to do a happy hour at Golden Cicada beforehand. Come join us Saturday. You will be blown away. And, and just by buying a ticket to that event, you will love this city. We want to run the race. Listen to, and run the race well in this city. Listen to this Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all who have come before us and served and been faithful, He says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's just stop doing stupid things that that bind us up. Let's run this race. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is engaging with us and leading us now. For the joy set before him, there's the joy of the harvest, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We need to be encouraged. I do. Step in and engage. We run the race here in Jersey City. This is how we love God and love other. And this is how you will experience the desires of your heart. The church that you want it to be. The journey begins with a relationship with Christ and believing in him. Then we take a step of obedience and we are baptized. And maybe that's where some of you are today is to begin to take those steps to follow him and say, I am yours And then we continue to follow and take steps. We join him in the joy of the harvest and loving others. We engage. Join me in simple service. I'll do it with you. Serve on a Sunday team. Serve and be part of our Easter camp. We're going to need some of you to be part of that, to serve and to love. You can give financially. Some of you are gifted and blessed financially, and you work nonstop And God can use you, and we are blessed because many of you engage generously in this church. We are here today because of that. Many of you engage consistently, and I'm so thankful for you. This mission is happening because we give. Some of you are outgoing, have been wired to love others, and you are fueled by it. You can be a part of our connection team on Sundays. If you do that or you do simple service, you will light up. Some of you are more introverted. We love introverts. And (laughs) there's a place for you to be be part of hospitality, and there's all kinds of things. There's there's roles in social media. There's a church that you want this to be, and we can't be it unless you engage. The principle is it won't be that church until you engage. Some of you don't have a clue. (laughs) And that's awesome. What do you do? Just do, do something. You can believe how some people have found gifts that God has given them just through serving. If you're on a journey towards God, take a step of faith towards Him. Come and ask your questions on your timeline. We want to see 5,000 impacted before Easter. That doesn't take that, that much in the next two weeks. You long. There's something in you. You long for what this church could be. You want something that doesn't exist. And if you have those feelings, I believe God has put that in you. There's a positive side of that and a selfish side of that. Just be careful. It's selfish if you want me to do it for you. (laughs) I can't. I'm not that gifted. You don't want me to do that. Uh, but maybe when it's you that does it, it's faith. Now, we can't decide the outcome. You might find that God puts you in a completely different place. We don't worry about the outcome. We just are obedient and faithful. And we can join him in the harvest. Jersey City, I love you. DCC, I love you. We love this city. And how do you do this? Take a step. I don't want this to feel too overwhelming and complicated. All you need to do, he's planted the seed. We step, just take a step. And keep engaging him. And what joy awaits us. I love this time of year. Engaging in Easter the concerts with the New City Kids, go to Jersey City in June. There's such great opportunity. I can't wait. Let's celebrate. We have the birthday next week. We're going to celebrate and throw a party. Let's do this. Sound good? Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Jesus, I thank you so much for your words to us, how we need them. You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of forgiveness and grace that we can always come back God, I don't know all the things that we need to do. I don't know how to grow this church. Only you do. And we cannot do it without you. May we experience your story and your glory. Like we sang earlier, all of this is for your glory. God, we give the next several weeks to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.